Hello and close to episode 30 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. Uh, tonight I'm joined by uh, Hollywood favourite Tommy Kaus. Are you there, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm alright, mate. Yeah, living the dream. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, we're also joined by Rodri as usual. How are you, Rod? Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit more upbeat this week. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Not so bad this week, right? Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, Megan is with us again. Uh, how are you, Megan? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm good, Ryan. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a good chunk of time since I know. the last time I was on this. I know. We've been trying to get you on for for weeks, and you've you're the busiest person in, in South Wales at the moment. I wish so. I could say it was doing something interesting, <laughs> but there we are. Hey, it happens. Anyway. Plenty to talk about this week, uh, and we're all on a bit of a time limit, so we need to get on with it. Uh, let's start with some good news: the Welsh women's team. Uh, we said last, we touched on it last week. They drew one all out in Slovenia. Uh, Megan was there, so we'll have a little chat about that now. And then they also won four 0 at home uh, to Estonia. So let's start with the away game. Megan, how was it? First of all, as a football match and a trip. It was the weirdest experience of my entire life, <laughs> hands down. Lindava, Slovenia, there is absolutely nothing there other than an Aldi, a Spar, and a Little, um, and one Italian restaurant. And that's what else it. could you possibly need? I know, yeah, I know. I like. Why am I even complaining? It was my first Wales away, and I guess like I decided that I was going to go on the like most extreme Wales away I could imagine, and was like, yeah, I'll go to Lindava, Slovenia. Everything <laughs> there must be fantastic. Um, and I got there, and like just the whole place was grey. I don't even think the people there wanted to be there, but the Italian restaurant was absolutely incredible. The potatoes were top notch. And yeah, it was. I had wine for a pound ten or a euro ten for every glass, and he, he, you know, he got it up to the top. And I saw some vineyards, and I hiked to Hungary in an afternoon, and wow. I saw football. So it was like actually, it was like the weirdest trip of my life, but it was actually really cool. Um, we got into some like border disputes because apparently Croatia and Slovenia don't like each other, and our driver like broke the barrier to get to Slovenia, and he was Croatian. The Slovenian people were not okay with that, so this guy with like a massive gun came over, and like I'm saying that as an American, it was a big gun, um, and he had this like really big gun, and he was like, "You out the car," and so we just sat there in the car while they're yelling at our Croatian driver, and we're like, "Oh, should we go?" But we couldn't leave, and. Yeah, in the end, we all got back safe and sound, and everything was fine. But it was it was interesting. I don't suggest you go to Lindava, but if you do, you go to the Italian restaurant because it's the only place you can go. Sounds like a, a proper Wales away trip. Guns, uh, you know, uh, Italian restaurants. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's just how, that's, utter nonsense. It seems <laughs> to be like how people, how anyone who went to Moldova away in 1994, yeah. that's how they describe that trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guns seem to crop up a lot in that uh, in yeah. that story, don't they? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, Dava was the reincarnation of Moldova, 1994. <laughs> there you go. So it was, uh, yeah, fair play. I mean, in at the deep end then, with a with a with a bit of a a, a strange away trip. So, uh, but football wise, I mean, it was a strange game by the looks of it out in Slovenia. I mean, the pitch looked dreadful. The weather oh, looked the pitch was pretty bad. Horrible. The weather was awful, but. The fans were absolutely amazing. Like two and a half hours before kickoff, there was not a sign or a signal or anything that a football match was going to happen. I genuinely thought we had gone to the wrong city. <laughs> and then about an hour and a half before kickoff, these buses started just coming in in droves, like into Landava. And these people were getting off and they were just decked out in Slovenian, yeah, in Slovenian gear. This guy had a massive drum. There are people with hats on and flags. And it was just absolutely incredible to see all these people getting behind the team and their women's team and it wasn't just little kids and their parents it was you know full-grown adults getting behind this team and yeah they put on a hell of a display in the stands it felt like i was in italy watching ultras but yeah. like you know not as italian and they definitely weren't singing as italian but it was still it was wonderful it was really really cool yeah yeah um so then onto the actual sort of game itself i, I mean slovenia's goal was a pretty impressive goal i thought and Wales did well to sort of react quite quickly. Um, w would you say the one-all draw was fair in the end? Uh, yeah, to be honest, like, 
from where we were sat watching the game, because we had no access to Twitter or anything, we couldn't see how everyone else was doing. From where we sat, the first half, like Slovenia were the better side. Like they were the ones that were really pushing on us and kind of carving through our midfield. And I know we didn't have Rachel Rose, that definitely put a bit of a damper on the situation, but I didn't think that we played the Gemma Granger way as, as well as we have in the past. And I think that showed a lot of the players were really frustrated. Mm. And then going ten men or going one man down was was really rough. But the girls fought as hard as they could after that goal, like you said. And I think after that, the one one was definitely fair and due, and we deserved that draw. But I think going into it, I would have said that we should have we should have taken them and we should have beaten mm. them two one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if Wales can beat them at home, then I guess it's probably a really good result then. Oh yeah, I think in the they're context good. they're of a really all. good side. They're super organized. They were fast. They were mean. They were they were big and they were physical. At some like I think our girls came off with like bruises all over themselves. Mm. That was not an easy team to beat. So in like the grand scheme of things, one one was really good. But I, you could tell that when like Jess came off the pitch and Tash came off the pitch, they were really frustrated. And I think they knew that they should have played better or they could have played better. Um, yeah. But again, that's expectation, so that's great. What was yeah. The, uh, what was the uh, playing surface like close up? Because on TV, look, the weather looked pretty. Uh... Oh God, it was bad, y'all. Yeah. It looked like someone had just put a bunch of cows on the pitch like an hour before and told them to eat it up. Like it was yeah. horrible. It was. It was. It was a joke of a of a pitch. Mm. Well, I mean, maybe that sort of didn't help the the playing style a bit. You know, that yeah. sort of like because. After watching them against Estonia, you know they were whipping the ball around on the floor really well, and I guess that sort of you can't really do that on a pitch like that because it was it yeah, looked like it looked thick and heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a good result. I think you know when you look at uh, their results against France in the last window, what was it three two? I think they lost in the end, and mm-hmm. it, you know they gave them a really good game. And France are racking up some goals against some of the other teams. You know, I think it was eleven oh, yeah. nil the other night. They've won ten nil already in the group. Um, and then they won. Uh, I think they beat someone heavily again last week. Five nil. They beat Kazakhstan last week. Um, so yeah, you know it's a good result. And like I said, I think if they could beat them at home, I think that should see second pretty pretty com- comfortable. Um, but it's early days yet. Um, anyway, on to Wednesday. Um, I had an absolutely great time watching watching that game on Wednesday. It was a four nil win, a dominant win. I think Wales ended up with about eighty percent possession in the end. Um, Kaus, did you catch any of the game, or were you uh, were you busy being North Wales's only football correspondent? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no comment about that second one. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't see any of the game to be honest. Yeah, it was literally um, I, I was literally on Ryan and Rob duty all. Oh Christ, yeah, for, forgot about that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I had a good chat with Noel Mooney last uh, Thursday. Yeah, there you go. How's that for a name drop? Um, <laughs> That's and, Ra- and he... Ryan, Rob, and Noel Mooney in the space yeah, of like yeah, five seconds. I know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I've got to be honest, I was most excited about uh, meeting Noel Mooney in, in the flesh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he he's very very passionate about the women's game and and everything he was speaking talking about. It's part of the the sort of six. Um, the sort of six-step plan, I think it's uh, or the six-year plan, sorry. Um, and women's football plays a massive part, and it was great to see a massive crowd. What what was the crowd in the end? I know it was a record-breaking. Uh, was it, it was five about, and a half thousand? Yeah, just under. It was like five thousand four hundred and something. So, um, so yeah, yes. it was it was it was it was great. It was such a positive atmosphere, and I mean, Estonia, you know, they're no great shakes. They they weren't great, and they'd set up to defend, but you know the the confidence that. The, they approach the game with, like I, I don't want to use comparisons to the men's team all the time when it comes to talking about the women's team, but like obviously the men men's team got really frustrated playing a side like that and were just lumping it long. But you know the first goal didn't come till fairly deep into the into the second into the first half, um, and and they were patient and they were passing the ball and moving the ball and it came in the end they they, they exploited the gaps and. That first goal, Sophie Ingalls' pass was just incredible, and then the yeah. Gemma Evans's pass for the second goal was phenomenal uh, to Helen Moore. The, the, the quality of passing and like the range of passing was just unbelievable, really. And I was really impressed by every player on the pitch. Um, I think I was most impressed with just how confident and brave a lot of the players have been, mm. especially Carrie Jones and then Hannah Kane when she came on. They're both oh, young. Hannah Kane was phenomenal. 
Oh, she absolutely incredible. But like as a youngster coming on onto an international game, even I know Hannah came on when we were already winning and, and whatnot, but Carrie was was there from the start mm. and she was trying things that if you know, okay, this is a must-win game, like we really do need to rack up points, maybe you play a little bit more reserved, you play a little more conservative, you play you play the safe pass, and Carrie Jones was not gonna do that. She was playing every dangerous pass she could, she was driving at the defense, and Hannah Kane did the exact same thing. And I think that is just so telling of where this squad has mm. has sort of traversed and taken the leaps and the bounds in the last two, three years. So I was wonderfully pleased with this game because, yeah. yeah, this could have been a nil-nil. And instead it was a 4-0 game and they did exactly what they needed to do, got goals, and the goal difference should not should not be an issue here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I think, like you said about the depth, having someone like Hannah Kane come off the bench, obviously Kaylee Green was banned for this one because of the uh, red card out in Slovenia. And it's nice having someone like Helen Ward, who is this country's highest ever goal scorer, to come off, you know, come oh well not off the bench but to start you know when when she hasn't been starting a lot of the previous games and and get a goal as well it's 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 a nice place to be the, the standout person for me was sophie ingle i thought she was absolutely phenomenal um i think everyone speaks about jess fishlock being a star as good as jess is i thought sophie ingle was just another level she was by far the best player on that pitch um and yeah it was just a, it was a, it was a great great place to be the stadium was great you know so many young girls especially getting to watch you know good football um and it was a positive atmosphere and i'll looking forward to the next one now which uh, is 26th of november i think uh at home yep, to, that's right at home to greece in Clenetli. so um pop that in your diaries uh for a good night of football no doubt um and i know fee wales uh hayley is running a bus from cardiff for it as well so and it was really transport. fun the last time I went on that bus. It was mm. a little quieter than it probably should have been because there weren't that many people on it. But if a lot of people went on it, it would actually be a lot more fun. And I might actually drink more than just two beers on the bus because I won't <laughs> feel like such an outcast. There so we go. everyone should go. Um, right, moving on then. Uh, seeing as you got Megan on the podcast, we spoke a lot about Cardiff in the last few weeks. So uh, I'm... I'm, I'm you know, I don't want to upset our Swansea listeners. So, um, Swansea, Megan, uh, I think we said it when uh, the derby happened on the podcast that it might be a turning point. And it has, other than a little blip at Birmingham last week, it seems to have really sort of kicking into gear. You know, how good can this team get? Uh, I genuinely think that we are looking at an upward rise for Swansea. I'm not going to say that we're going to push for promotion. I don't think we're ready, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But, okay, so we've got, what, five losses, five wins, and five draws in the last 15 games. Russell won one game in his first five. He won one game in his second five. And the last five, he's won three. So if that doesn't tell you that there's a trajectory going on that is very positive, then I'm not sure what does. Like, he's completely transformed this team. We are so patient. We are very confident on the ball. Our passing is top-notch. It's just this one-touch, swift passing, and it's actually going places. It's not just this lateral, kind of casual, oh, lace us fair sort of stuff. It's it's really brilliant to watch. It's really pretty to watch. I think everyone at Swansea's bought into it. So, yeah, as a Swansea fan, I am extremely, extremely happy, and I will say nothing more about the Derby other than <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, both both Cardiff and Swansea, I think, are on very different trajectories at the moment, as we've mentioned. <laughs> um, the way it's gone at Swansea has kind of followed what we kind of suggested a fair, about a month or two ago, though, was it's going to be a slow burner, but once they kick in, you you can see maybe they will make some real progress. Because mm. uh, yeah. it takes a, takes a lot of effort to get uh, someone in the week before the season starts for anything to happen immediately. So I think... Um, it was always going to take a couple of months, but I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be positive about the Swansea at the moment, mm. isn't there? Well, Russell just always said, like, the fitness aspect is a thing that really hurt his team in the beginning. Because, you know, yeah, like uh, like Roger had said, he comes in so late, he can't really work on fitness because you've got games flying at him because of all the international breaks that are about to happen. And fitness is really what's made this team get so much better. So in the international breaks that have happened, we haven't had that many players go away. So they've had those two weeks to really work with Russell. So in a weird way, 
although we've had a preseason, but it's just kind of been broken up in, during the international breaks. Mm. And I think that's why you're seeing us flying is because we've gotten those moments to finally really get our fitness right and really work together while other teams have kind of been, you know, picked apart. You know, players are going all around, coming back. Some have injuries, some have knocks, and our team hasn't really had to deal with that. So in a weird way, it's been actually really nice that our team hasn't been called upon for international duty. Yeah. I also think fair play to Swansea fans for not getting on Russell Martin's back because they could quite easily have got on his back, you know, after, like you said, what was it two wins in his first 10? So, yeah. like, fair play because, I mean, you only got to look at, I mean, Nuno at Spurs and he's out of the door already, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah. that, I mean, that's another conversation. But, yeah, and, and I think the exciting part for Swansea is you've got a striker who can score goals and is scoring goals. Oh you know, my and God, that's... Joel Pirro is amazing. <laughs> I love this guy. Nine goals and 15 appearances. Like he's And he's just cool. Like He's just a cool guy. Like You see him and you're like, I want to buy you a pint. But then you know that like he'd just be one of those guys who'd be like, no, nah, don't worry about it. And then he'd flash <laughs> his card. Like He's just such a cool guy. And yeah, I'm a big, big Pirro fan. Good stuff. Yeah, so um, I th- would you say playoffs are a definite uh, possibility now with the way things are going? I know you're still... It's still bottom half of the table, but you know it's a long way to go in the championship. But as we know, all it takes is a is a is a run of wins, and your whole season can turn around. Yeah, because I think at the time of recording, which is before the Coventry clash, mm-hmm. we're four points from playoffs. So I I do think playoffs are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know the third place position is kind of the only one to fight for. I don't totally know if we're we're there yet but who knows Russell Martin is a surprising man he's a good looking man and we're playing good looking football so I will I will stand behind him Mm. well I've just looked at the championship table and Blackpool are sixth and I'm sure they were like 18th like two weeks ago Bournemouth on a thousand points already yeah I think they've had the best ever start to a championship season I think haven't they which is uh which is pretty mad um anyway uh moving on uh Elsewhere in the championship, Cardiff came back from a three nil, three nil down at uh, at Stoke to come back and score three goals in five minutes. Which you know it takes some going to score more goals in five minutes than they have in the last nine games put together. <laughs> um, so who knows? Were they, were they all from open play as well? Or? Yeah, they were all from open play, yeah, and that's... and all of them were with feet as well. So um... my, my my best mate Steve Morrison's in, in the <laughs> shout then, is he? <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Mike Flynn is is like odds on at the moment, but oh, I have. It's, you think he's eight to eleven, but I haven't seen any like concrete sort of news sources about it. But who knows? We'll we'll talk about that more in future. You as know, we've spoke. Go wait, on. Just Megan. last thing on Cardiff. The last the, like, the crazy thing about this is like remember when Ruben Colwell got called up to the Wales squad and people were like, "Who's Ruben Colwell?" Yeah. And now he's the one who's basically grabbing Cardiff like out of the the, mm. the ravine and saying, "It's okay, I'm going to try to save you." Yeah. It's just it's so mad to think that this little youngster is doing yeah. so well. I mean, he scored three goals now this season. Um, you know, he hasn't started many games, and him and Mark Harris, you know, they seem to really have started uh, uh, the only bright sparks in attack. And obviously, Kiefer got a goal as well. All three, I think, it was the first time I think someone's put up since the year two thousand that we had three different Welsh goal scorers. Um, you know, and, and and for most of the last twenty one years, we've barely had three Welsh players in the whole squad. So it's that's nice to see. Yeah. Um, uh- that's one thing uh, Mick McCarthy did do, I suppose, wasn't it? He gave a few yeah. uh, youngsters a chance. So yeah, exactly. So hopefully yeah. the next manager, whether it's Steve Morrison, whoever else, um, takes that on to the next level. Uh, Kaus, Wrexham. Um, it's been a bit of a bit of a uh, a, a mad week uh, up there by the looks of it. Obviously, all all that can be said about Ryan and Rob has been written by yourself this week. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> let's talk more about the football side of things. It's not going great, is it? No, it's not going well at all. Um, <clears throat> just, just not, not creating any chances. That that seems to be the problem. Played really well at Barnet last week. Like I said on last week's show, uh, it was a good performance. And then um, I made myself look very, very silly. I got carried away, and uh, I predicted we'd do well at Maidenhead, and we didn't. We lost three two. Um, yeah, it's it's like every every sort of um, I suppose it's it's just like a perfect analogy of being a Wrexham fan, really. Every little bright sort of dawn that you think is uh, is here uh, just turns out to be another pile of shite. Um, <laughs> that, that, 
yes. That um, that old analogy. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what they say. <laughs> that famous football cliche. <laughs> Every bright yeah, tone. Yeah, my 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 uh, my tide always used to tell me that one. He always used to say that when we used to do games. But uh, no, it's it's just yeah, it's it's a load of. It's a load of shite. Um, very, diff- j- very, diff- very different advice from Forrest Gump from your time. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Box There's of just chocolates. some shite on the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's quite it's quite it's all quite depressing, really. I mean, we're, at the moment we don't look uh, we don't look even like playoff contenders, let alone uh, promotion contenders. Um, you just gotta hope. You just gotta hope they'll turn it round. I know there's a lot of new players coming in the summer and stuff like that, but we we are in November now, and mm. um, and you know it, it's not um, it's not going anywhere near as well as what most of us would have hoped. But you know it, it sort of gave me a bit of a boost today when uh, Paul Mullin sort of said he's um, he's got a Welsh nan. Yeah, um, I saw so that. He, he, yeah, got my fingers crossed for that one. We'll um, get on to that shortly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, on on the field at the moment. I mean, like um, that was the any, first game any, on Saturday. Are you any better off points wise at this stage last season? We're, we're worse off. Well, worse yeah, off that's not good, is it? With uh, with three times the budget. Um, so yeah, it's it's not good. It's As not you good know, I was, I was quite critical of Dean Keats last year, but in in his defence, I can't <laughs> I, can, I can't believe I'm defending Dean Keats here, but um, he he didn't have anywhere near the budget, so you know it's um, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I just have this theory that Rob and Ryan have decided that for their Netflix special about Wrexham, they really need Wrexham to be in just like you know the world's worst pile yeah. of dog shit. And yeah. then, and then, then they'll pull them out. And then, like, how good of a Wrexham special is that? It's like, wow, look yeah. at these heroes. And maybe that's what they've got up their sleeve. Maybe that's what's <laughs> going on. They're just like, we're yeah. purposely putting them into the worst position possible and then pulling yeah. off the greatest footballing story of all time. I mean, that, that, that would be absolutely amazing viewing, wouldn't it? But, like, the problem with that is... Um, <laughs> We we were so we've been so rubbish for fourteen years now. Then then them coming in like it as they they don't need to make us any more rubbish. We've already been through that period. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree with though, Megan. I think like you know it'd be amazing viewing if it, if we could sort of turn it round now. But um, yeah, there's still time, Ghost. There's still time. Oh, there's yeah. plenty of time. Yeah, there's plenty of time. It's, it's just I suppose what what the, the, I've I've said it before on the on the pod then. Um, you know, we have got Paul Mullin. I know he's suspended at the moment, but we have got Paul Mullin up front, who is an absolutely fantastic striker. And I genuinely think he probably would get into the Wales squad if he, if he actually comes out. Well, you know, he's basically said he's got a Welsh name, but he's that good. I think he's a championship player playing in yeah. the conference. Um, but we don't give him the ball anywhere near enough. I was saying this earlier on that I think... Um, He's got eight goals in ten games. I think he's probably only had about ten chances all yeah. season. He scored eight goals, so very clinical player. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of like <laughs> motivate myself to say something positive about Wrexham. It's very difficult. <laughs> well, Kaus, I was looking at you know a few of your tweets from the after the game and 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 trying to gauge the response from Wrexham fans in the comments. Um, I think a few of them was were asking the question as to whether you know uh, Parkinson should should stay in the job I mean have we already got to that point where his sort of future is being questioned do you think or is it still a few weeks away a few weeks of this form away from that yeah it feels as if it feels as if he he needs he needs a result now I think I think a couple more bad results and things could get to start start to get um yeah, pretty pretty ugly, I think, to be honest. But but having said that, I think um, just going off what the owners have said and stuff like that, I th- I think they ha- in their minds they that they're going to give him a transfer window in January. Okay. Um, just just going off the, what they've said, they 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 believe in him. They've said that. Listen, we've got complete faith in the manager, and you know we're going to put some money in in January to to buy a few new players, but. You know, we've already spent a bit of money as well, so you know, it's not it's not a case of we're going into the season with 
you know, last year's squad. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think I think if we can be there or thereabouts in January, I think things would look uh, a lot more rosier uh, after that. But we'll see. We'll see. Who, uh, yeah. who, have, you got, who have you got on the weekend? Uh, Harrogate Town. Oh, it's in, FA Cup, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In the yeah, FA yeah. Cup, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it's the first game it's i, I actually a, think we i actually think we might win there because yeah i think that the style of play that parkinson sort of plays it, it's it sort of suits being the underdog if that mm. makes sense yeah yeah um, it's it's very sort of you know playing the percentages uh, because we don't we don't ever really dominate teams apart from maybe on a couple of occasions so i think it might actually suit going there and getting the result really it's a bit of a free hit as well isn't it you know considering they're a league above and the FA cup yeah. isn't really the sort of the main um the main aim this season so uh, so yeah. yeah um moving on then uh, just big shout out to Newport second win on the bounce um oh, Dom Telford Patrick minute, yeah. yeah he was out of favor under Flynn Robery's come in and he's got a tune out of him already we've got Billy Webb from the Golden Looking Chain on the on the show next week so we'll have a chat uh, a bit more in depth about Newport because I know we haven't really spoke much about them in the last few weeks uh bit of Cymru Premier news uh great result Pennebon beat Bala um, they're up to fourth. Uh, nothing else really went down crazy this week. And but a big shout out to Gavin Chesterfield, who's reached 500 games as uh, Barry Town manager. And I think at any level of the game, 500 games at one club is 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 good going. What in the house? Yeah. I absolutely amazing. And also, I just want to say he he was there through some really tough times at Barry as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's he sort of dragged them back up to to where Barry should be. And um, yeah, it's an absolutely incredible job he's done for them to be year on year, you know. All they 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 never they never quite make it, but they're almost there. They're always contending for Europe, aren't they? Yeah, no, yeah, fair play. Right, to they, they did they did make it, I think, two years ago, didn't they? But they, you know, they they're always in contention. Put it that way. Which yeah. is fantastic. Uh, was that his five hundredth game of the weekend? Was it? Yeah, he made five hundred on the weekend. Good, good result. Good result to celebrate as well, then. Is it? Yes, they yeah, beat. Oh, I've, I've already forgotten. They did beat Carnarvon in in Carnarvon as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah Carnarvon in a bit of a bit of a bad run at the moment. They need to uh, yeah. get their ideas up a little we, bit. We yeah. we put the kiss of death on Newtown as well after speaking to Chris last week. Um, yes, they lost yeah. to uh, Haverford West, wasn't it? Um, and they lost to Bala uh, the night after we spoke to him. As yes, well, so yeah. I'll, I'll have to message Chris to apologise. Uh, a big, big apologies to you, Chris, for that one. Um, but yeah, um, still, still having a great season though. Still we? having a great season, yeah. yeah. And it's all to play for now. You know, we're only halfway through the first phase. Um, so the other last thing we need to talk about before moving on: the Wales squad was announced yesterday as we're speaking. Uh, no massive shocks, really. Megan, what do you make of it? Bale's in there. Will he play? Jury's out. Ramsey's in there. Will he play? Jury's out. What you know? What are your uh, thoughts? So Paige seems very adamant that Bale is going to play regardless of what game time he gets during this week with Real Madrid. Carlo came out today and said that Bale's got the green light to go away with his country and he will play for sure because that was still sort of up in the air whether or not Real Madrid were like... You know, because they've got standards that Bale has to hit before he goes away for his country. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, he's got the green light. Um, and we asked Paige, realistically, will Bale play this week? And if he doesn't play this week, is that going to impact any sort of plan he has in place? And Paige is a man of plans. But essentially, he gave us the fact that if you have Bale that's fit, Bale plays. Mm. So I have a feeling that Bale will probably, he'll definitely start the game. I imagine he'll play probably about 60, 70 minutes, kind of similar to what they did with Ramsey, taking Ramsey off about the 60, 70th minute yeah. of the last match. Um, so, yeah, and he's he thinks that Ramsey will play too. I We kind of learned this in the presser. He sort of kind of let it slip. But the, before the last camp, Ramsey had taken himself out of Juve's match. I can't remember which match it was, but he said that it was due to injury. And it was actually him practicing man management and like realizing that he wanted to go away with, with Wales and mm -hmm. be as fit as he possibly could. So he pulled himself out of the match so that he could be fit enough to play for Wales, which is definitely kind of the antithesis to what the normal narrative around Ramsey is. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. And Paige um, seemed really convinced that Ramsey would do kind of similar with this window. So yeah, the two of them 
therein uh matt smith is out which was actually kind of interesting uh off of page's comments yeah i was reading about that and obviously will Vokes seems to be the man who's taken his spot you know again yeah. seemed to be completely out of the plans strange, uh, it? it just it just seems to be strange how will Vokes was never being picked when he was playing really well yeah yeah and now, and now, get, now gets into squads now he's not playing well at all yeah i I think that Will Vokes is kind of like this. This is what he is in my mind, and Cardiff fans can totally disagree with me. But in my head, he's like this whirling dervish. And so it's kind of like when you're sat there looking at a game, being like, how can I somehow cause as much chaos as I can? So maybe a win will tip in our favor. It's like, oh, put Will Vokes on. That's what he is. He's kind of like your random card that you don't want to play. But when you need him, that's what he is. He's such a strange footballer because I don't massively know what he offers other than kicking people and <laughs> throw, throwing the ball really far. But he's but he's got a he's got a screamer in him as well. Every now and again, he scores an absolute belter. He's such a strange player. Will Vox chaos theory? Bring him on second half against Belgium and just see what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing. I think when you think about those centre midfield options, and if Matt Smith's not playing, and I, Grant McCann, the whole manager, had a few choice words about the Welsh, uh, mm-hmm. the way they treated him in the last camp. I mean, surely Josh Sheehan's got to be in with a chance as well because he's playing week in, week out for Bolton and. Seems to be having a really good season. I think he's a bit unlucky considering he was making a few squads. Uh, yeah, going he's back. in the lineup tonight to play yeah. against Rockdale. So it, it, that to me, again, Paige is a little bit confusing with his choices. But you know, we're not in those meetings and whatnot. And he he blamed not picking Matt Smith because he Matt Smith wasn't playing and and that was it. But yeah, Josh is playing as you said week in and week out. And to me, I think I think Josh is a really fun player because he's kind of like, like Jordan Thomas. Like you don't know what you're going to get from them. There's a lot of that confidence and swagger that you get kind of from like the lower leagues and they're not so trained and in sort of robotic or systemic and I I love players like that and I think Josh Ian offers that. And the tackle he did on the American was genuinely awesome. Yeah, that so. that was a that was a mad tackle. I remember that one. I think it was his debut when it came on. Absolutely, absolutely clattered someone. Um, I guess the other talking point is, as as usual with these squads now, is the lack of a second striker. Uh, Kaus, obviously, we've touched on it. Paul Mullen has said he's got a Welsh nan. And you think he'd be good enough for a call-up? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I'm a little bit biased. I absolutely do. I, like I said before, he's a championship standard striker playing for playing for Wrexham in non-league, you know, for whatever reason you want to talk about. But... Um, yeah, he's he's absolutely fantastic, and uh, like I say, just just so clinical. I just think he's a bit different. I I sort of look at, you know, I, I know it's international level. I'm well aware of the jumper, but this guy is is something else. He he just doesn't miss. I can, I can think I can only remember one clear cut chance he's missed all season. Um, and you're talking about a guy who's he's not in the game. He can be out of the game for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and bang, a, a bit of quality and. What what he could do with the quality that uh, that Wales put into the box is is frightening. But you know, it's one of them. It's uh, yeah. I, I think I think maybe I I just think he'd be a good squad player. I think there's perhaps a couple of players in there now who, who perhaps don't offer as much as they should. Um, just talking about shocks though. Um, I was a little bit shocked to see Harry Harry Wilson named twice yeah. in the squad. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, it's I. I, I I, I think it would be brilliant to have two Harry Wilsons in the squad to be honest. Yeah. I think I think it would be we'd be looking a lot more threatening. It's good um, it's good to see the FAW's cloning programme as a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Moonies yeah. come in, started pumping money into the cloning yeah. programme. Yeah. Paying dividends yeah. already. <laughs> out, out, of, out, of, out of all the ideas in his six-year plan, that was my favourite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said before, it's not too many, uh, too many shocks. Really. I, I've got to say, I think um, I don't think we we may not see him unless if, unless uh, we have some withdrawals. But I've seen a little bit of Dolan Levitt playing for Dundee United, yeah. and mm. he's been fantastic. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. the Scottish league is is not. We know it's not as strong as. You know, I suppose you're talking like an almost sort of um, you're talking the same sort of thing as as we were with Mullin, really, uh, not playing at the highest standard. But he has been some of the balls he's been spraying about that level. I mean, he went to Celtic Park and did an absolute number on Celtic. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think maybe we, we're now seeing signs. There's, there's a lot of people in the past sort of thinking, um, you know, Dalan Levitt's not good enough for Wales, but I think now we're we're seeing a few signs that he he could be a player in the future. I think. Yeah, and maybe absolutely. he needed that criticism. Like sometimes players do sort of respond better when they are put underneath a lot of pressure. And Dylan, you know, he could have he could have fluttered away, and there a lot of things weren't going in his in his favor. And I think he's responded this year so so well. And I remember during the Euros, he said that that the last year has been like a really difficult year for him, and he's really had to come into his own and and do a lot of stuff and. Ah, fair play. He's he's definitely come into that, and I think he's. I would love to see him play a little bit this this break. I don't think he will because Paige is a man of habit. But mm-hmm. I, I personally would like to see Dylan Levitt play a, a couple minutes here or there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so yeah, that is this week in Welsh football. Uh, we'll speak to Phillips next. <laughs> Agent Phillips, are you there? Me and Phillips here in Acton Park in North Wales. First live player auction. Go over there, Argloid. Get over there. Me and here in Acton Park in Wrexham on the outskirts of Wrexham somewhere. We've got another player auction teamed up. We have. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So, so hero Cabano to come round town for six hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sound you sound far away tonight, Phillips. Yeah, in the car now, well, in the van, whatever you want to call it, an automobile. But yeah, I've had to come out of the way because there's about four thousand people you're bidding. <laughs> Was that Gerwin Lyle has just gone to Moncton Swift? Who's <laughs> 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 oh, next? Florida's next. <laughs> so, so this uh, this player auction malarkey is going well for you, mate. It's taken off, yeah, it's taken off, bro. It's going, uh, yeah, it's going quite well. I've made about six hundred pounds this week. Oh, it's, it's a good. Sh- it's, a, it's a shame you're still using the phone from the nineties to contact us, isn't it? <laughs> hey, this Nokia thirty three ten has got a brilliant battery life, and it hooks up to the hands free kit in the Suzuki well. You've got some sand in your uh, audio uh, output. <laughs> <laughs> Not sand, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, David Powers, please. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. come on, Phillips, what have you got for us this week? Uh, one play, I've got to be quick because I don't really trust that I'll glue that David with this auction. He'll probably run away with my money and spend it on his jazz magazines again. Uh, <laughs> One player, uh, Brian Arch. Brian. <laughs> 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 All right, okay. Tell me about him. He's an attacking fullback or centre back. Uh, he reads the game very well. Probably more suited to management than playing, according to Tony. Uh, played for a host of clubs in the Bridgend area. But he never lasts very long as he often goes missing in Eastern Europe, according to this. <laughs> <laughs> he is willing to be paid in Fanta, Orange, or any of its European equivalents, but will not accept Rubicon Mango. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit of information here says he once scored a header from our halfway line and has nutmegged Kevin Ratcliffe twice. <laughs> so, yeah, Brian Arch there. Brian Arch. Sounds like a. Big sounds like a cash this week, so he's not been on, on the ball with this scouting report. But he sounds like a top guy, anyway, whoever he is. Great yeah. player. Well, yeah, but, you know, if he's one of my clients, he's probably not, is he? <laughs> Fair no. point. No, this, no, no this, criminal this record. The first pl- I was going to say, this is the first player who hasn't got a criminal record, <laughs> by the sound of it. Well, like I said, Tony's been taking his eye off the ball because he's been uh, busy with these... Uh, auctions and he's organising most of the cash transfers with that so he's not really done much scouting this week but you know uh, more news as I get it or not in this case <laughs> Is there a game show going on in the background? Uh, well we are in Wrexham <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that these auctions have got their own theme tunes to them Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Aragluth was just shouted at me. What? Huh? 
Ah. Alan Florida just went for 40 quid. That's a disappointment. <laughs> 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 yeah, doesn't say where. Anyway, right, I've got to go, boys, because, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's actually going to run away with this Monday. <laughs> so, yep, yeah, till next week. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> you tell yeah, off, off we off go. Yeah, <laughs> off we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Phillips. Off, off you go, yeah. pal. Stroll on, Robby. <laughs> <laughs>Uh, next up then, it's Wrongen of the Week. Uh, last week's results are as follows. In third place, 16.5% are hamstrings. Unlucky Rod. 20.7% <laughs> of the vote uh, airports in second spot, unfortunately for me. Uh, but a big win for you, Kaus. I think you managed to, to you know, your, your plight at Barnet, you know, captured the imagination of the people. 62.8% of the vote on snobs. So congratulations. Yes. Let's, let's well, I am nothing. It. I'm nothing if not a man of the people, right? So you know, I just give the Amen. people what they want. I, I just, I what just are you really, going to say, Rod? I just really hope no one listening here has a hamstring tear the next few weeks. You, <laughs> you will really regret your pick. <laughs> uh, as as Megan wasn't on last week, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She can go first this week. If you've got one, Megan, for us, what what are you going for? Um, so mine is going to be rich English people with a posh accent. Oh, she's wedded already. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know how to explain this. I was on a train. It was a delayed train from, from London to Cardiff. Of course. And we were all upset, you know, like we all want to get home. It's okay. And this girl and her mom were trying to get to Bristol and she was in this fluffy, furry, white thing of a coat. <laughs> and she just had this like upturned nose and oh, yeah. everything about her just screamed money. That, that, that and she spoke to me with this... Sorry. Oh, gone. No, no, I was just going to say that coat, that coat is made from all the animals they kill as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just the way, like she was so adamant that she had to have her seat... And it wasn't even a good seat. It was a crappy seat. It was by like the toilet. So I was like, why do you want the seat so bad? And like, it was me. And so our train got meshed with another train. So at that rate, like seats assignments don't count. Like if you have to mesh with another train, that means that there are going to be like, you know, two C-17. So just like find a seat, sit down, get on the train and go to wherever you need to be and get over yourself. And I said this and she was not amused and she just started yelling at me in her English accent. And I just put my headphones on and just decided to listen to a podcast. And yeah, it was horrible. So... That's my wrong of the week. I, is rich English people with I, posh accents. I, <laughs> I really, yes. I really hope, I really hope you didn't put on our podcast because that would have made it a whole lot worse. That situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to Phillips or something. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it's not like she, she's putting her earphones in to try and get away from it. It's like, are you there, Phillips? I straight away just put it on. Uh, yeah, I, Megan, you're you're uh, you're playing to the crowd there. I think yeah. big time. Strong pick. Um, so, Kaus, last week's winner. What have you got this week? Uh, like I spoke to you, spoke briefly to you both, um, or to Roger and Rye, sorry, uh, before coming on. I um, I live in a city. North Wales is North Wales' is largest, sorry, second largest city. <laughs> Bangor's the largest. St. <laughs> Asaph is the second largest. So it's a sprawling metropolis, as you can imagine. Um, but I nipped out because I'm, I'm playing five-a-side after I nipped out to, to go and get some money out the cash machine and uh, just, just buy something. So I have a bit of... What's that, sorry? Just gonna, sorry to keep interrupting people. Uh, I was going to say stretch those hamstrings. Yeah, yeah, just stretch. Well, I, I, I actually went out in the car. So, uh, yeah, I went in the car and then um, oh, and the woman goes, oh, cash machine's not working. Where's the next one? Oh, it's in it's in Riverland. Oh, for fuck's sake so uh anyway it took me 45 minutes just to get a bit of cash out um yeah so i was uh, i was late for the for the um the recording of the podcast and stuff so um i don't, I don't know what am i calling it uh traffic jams they played a part as well let's go for um Let's go for lack of cash machine. It's very niche. This I don't, very I don't, niche. I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of winning. Right, okay. 
Uh, I'm going to go for lack of cash machines in North Wales' second city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it, you only get 25 characters per uh, per like answer on the polls, so I'm going to have to do do some work to get that in, but we'll go with it, guys. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> we, we can work out the wording after, but that's what yeah. I'm going for. If I win this week, then I, I am truly a magician. Yeah, uh, especially with Megan's pick as well. I don't even know why yeah, the, rest, exactly. where the rest of us are bothering. <laughs> Uh, no. I know our audience. Um, well, my pick, uh, I'm going for COP26 um, yeah. uh, because it's just a load of old white blokes talking bollocks and gesturing. Nothing will change. They've all flown in on... I mean, Joe Biden's had 85 cars flown in for his yeah. motorcade or something. So, um, <laughs> you know, it takes a piss, it? it just takes a piss, yeah. you know, and, like... I'd love, I'd love for them to come up with something that's gonna, you know, revolutionise, you know, cl- the way we're tackling climate change. But I've got no faith in any of them. You know, it's just Leonardo Jeff- DiCaprio did make an appearance though, so like, you know, there's that, know, yeah, maybe. But, but so did Jeff Bezos, who was on about, you know, how thin the atmosphere <laughs> looked after he'd spent God knows how much money trying to fly himself into space using God knows what yeah. fossil fuel fuels. So. You know. Every every time uh, Boris Johnson speaks as well, the ozone layer gets damaged. That with all that hot air. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs that that's you know the best that we can do. So who knows? They may they may come up with something life changing, nah, but I'd got no no faith in that. So uh, so that's my pick. Short and sh- short and sweet. COP twenty six. Um, yeah, Rod, what do you got? I'm carried on from last week's theme. Okay. Uh, my hamstring is on the mend, so slowly but surely. But I've now got a lower back problem, <laughs> so I, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it low-key ailments. Low-key ailments. <laughs> so any little, you know, these minor little strains and uh, I don't know how to, you know, these these little pains you get yep. from, from nowhere. Sometimes your knee will seize up. So I don't know if it's just me. It might be me falling to bits here. But. You know, you, yeah. you wake up sometimes and something, something else is hurting or you've slept wrong and your neck's all over the shop. Your neck's all over the shop. You know what I mean, though. All these like random yeah. things that cause you unnecessary hassle. Um, I think by the sounds of the reaction, it's just me and I'm falling no. bits, and I should go to the GP if I can get through the phone. <laughs> yeah, that, Rod, Rod, we, you, we've done that before, haven't we, the GP? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rods, do you, uh, do you, like, when you get up out of your chair, do you go like, Ugh, yeah, like I've that? Started, I always making, do that. I've started making the noises now. I'm, yeah. I'm in that phase of life, which is the... Uh, <laughs> the ongoing deterioration of <laughs> my body until I'm <laughs> six foot under, or you know, I'm being very uh, negative again. But it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. Like, where's yeah. this lower back problem come from? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's all these little things, and they just piss me off because uh, my hamstring's <laughs> feeling good now, and next thing you know, something else to deal with. So. <laughs> Well, there we go. We've got a lot of old age pensioners listening. <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah. are the ones who will sympathise with me, I think. Well, uh, congratulations on winning this week, Megan. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, mean, I didn't know. Like this is the one time I had a really good one. Like, <laughs> yeah, not very good. Uh, so this week's picks, uh, you can vote for them on Friday. Are uh, rich English people with posh accents. Um, Trying to find a bank machine in North Wales's <laughs> second largest city, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that's, that's this week's winner. COP twenty six and uh, low key ailments. Yeah, uh, voting starts Friday. Uh, democracy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited the bootlegger on? <laughs> Okay, uh, just to finish off then, uh, we've got your questions to answer. Um, let's start with Paul Burns, who's asked a really good question, and an important question. He said, um, how can the FAW and clubs help change the situation uh, with referees um, as a lot of games are being called off at weekends due to a shortage? Um, you know, and he said he doesn't know how they do it week in, week out with some of the crap they get. Kaos, obviously you've been involved with grassroots football for a long time. Yeah. Obviously he seems to be hitting a bit of a problem now with referees you know what what can be done do you think i mean 
are we fighting a losing battle or I, I don't know it's it's very difficult because funnily enough that the meeting I spoke about before when we um, last Thursday where Noel Mooney came to Colwyn Bay um, that that played a massive massive part in the in the conversation really um, but it, it it's not it isn't just Wales it's 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 everywhere really um, mm. and yeah. I, I I understand football's a passionate game. You get frustrated and stuff, but um, you, you know, like it's been said a million times before. But some some of the abuse that referees suffer, it's just disgraceful, and they don't get great money for doing what they do. You'd you'd have to want to be a referee. You mm. wouldn't do it for financial reasons. No, because uh, unless you reach the the higher echelons of the game you're not going to get paid very well. It's it's literally, you know, it buy you a few beers on a Saturday and that's about it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see more funding actually. Uh for referees and stuff, you know, because let's be honest about it. Um like I say, people people aren't going to do it. If if yeah. you offer a little bit more money, make it worth their while. I think enough. make it worth their while absolutely. Yeah. But I think also that I think tougher sanctions on um on, on abusive refs as well, yeah. Uh, because as it stands, there, there there isn't there isn't really there's no real sanctions against people unless you assault a referee. Like a slap referee. on the wrist, at best, yeah, like for some of the things that happen, and it's just it's not okay the no, way that and no. like if if they're if they're getting away with it at the at kind of the lower levels, then that sort of makes it okay yeah. at every other level, and that trickles down and. Yeah. I, if I were, if I were someone and I'm looking at what I want to do on my Saturdays, like being a referee is not yeah. at the top of that list. You're absolutely right, it's Megan, fair. as well. And I was thinking, I was sitting in this meeting listening to to people sort of saying about referees and stuff, and I thought to myself, I thought, do you know what? Like, I've I've done a lot of things. I've been involved in a lot of things in football, uh, from management playing. You know, I've, I've even been, I've even been there on a Saturday being a bloody water boy. You know, uh, I've done everything. But that's one thing that I've never even for a second crossed my mind that I'd want to do. And I'm not alone. Most people are the same. They'd never want to be a referee. Never. Yeah. Why is that? People are happy to, to, to go and cut, the, cut the, you know, the grass for a club. They're happy to do all sorts of things surrounding the game of football. But no one really considers being a referee. And, yeah, you don't um, get called a wanker for cutting the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this, this is the thing. It, it's... it's it's almost, it's almost a hundred percent down to abuse. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. Um, so yeah, I think that's to be tougher sanctions and stuff. Like I say, I get the frustration. I really do. You know, like it's it's a passionate game. Um, you know, that people say people sort of cite rugby as an example. I do think we can learn a little bit from rugby, but at the same time, it's it's not. I, rugby's I, I, a bit different. It's a slower tempo game, isn't it? I than think football. I think there's a lot of um, thing with that as well, though, because you go down the lower levels of rugby, and there's just there's not as serious an amount of abuse, but there's, no. there's still a lot of abuse go ahead and yeah. at, at the officials and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I think it's yeah. a common problem that people just vent yeah. their anger at the person, mm. yeah, who's making yeah. decisions against them, kind of thing, pissing them off. But it's it's not right if you if you if you want your if you want to be playing matches on a weekend, you've got to respect the fact you need the referees. And yeah, yeah. If if you're gonna make them a target of abuse every weekend, you, you'll eventually find you'll have no game to play. So, I I also think it's a culture thing from the top of the game. If you watch match of the day, they spend more yeah. time talking about decisions than yeah. they do talking about you know some of the play sometimes. You know, so yeah. I think there's such a focus on what referees aren't doing right that I think. They're almost become a like a, a yeah. point of anger automatically. Yeah. People go into games thinking, they, "Oh, this referee is going to be a nightmare." You know, they, they always seem to analyze referee mistakes or VAR controversies rather than the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when they highlight things like that, you kind of making the officials the bad guy every week. There's no wonder it's kind of taken yeah. on board at the lower levels is it no exactly I feel like they're like the pantomime villain they're the easy one to to make the pantomime villain out of any game i mean yeah. that's yeah. been since all of us were little playing games but yeah, yeah if like the top level's doing it then that definitely tells everyone else underneath it that it's okay to do it on the park on a saturday and that's just that's not right no absolutely agree no 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 we're talking about like um learned behaviors or learned behaviors um as well right uh I think Noel Mooney mentioned the other night, he said um, that 
the following weekend after after Luis Suarez bit, uh, had bitten a player, mm. um, I think it was Ivanovic at the time, I think it was that time, um, there was reports of, uh, I, th- I think something like 30 kids in Wales had, had like, or, or something like that, something ridiculous, had bitten an wow. opponent. Like, so it's, it, if people see... Uh, players and the top players abusing officials like they like it happens every single weekend. Kids learn that and and it stays with them, doesn't it? It stays yeah. with them. I won't lie. I I bit a girl in a basketball game after the <laughs> game. So like it's all yeah. it's it, all coming out now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have. It's great to have yeah, it's great to have Megan Suarez on the show. <laughs> <laughs> monkey see monkey do yeah like I, just, I saw i saw him do it and was like oh if he can get away with that surely i could uh moving on then uh to something a bit lighter uh we haven't got much time for we'll do two more questions uh quickly ethan jones has asked what's the best item on a fry-up and what's the worst megan as a someone who's probably fairly new to the fry-up scene uh what's your best and worst item on a fry-up I didn't know what exactly this question was referencing because when I think of a fry up, I think of like fried chicken and oh, okra. Oh, like like like, like a like a like a full English breakfast. Oh, uh, I'm <laughs> vegan, so <laughs> okay, it's tough. Um, I don't know. I guess the like, nah, skip me, man. I'm. This is not. This is not a question for me. Fair enough, uh, Rodri. Someone who's more experienced with breakfasts. What are you? What, 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 what are you trying to say? Nothing. Egg for me. What best or worst? Yeah, you can't have not have one if unless you're vegan, obviously. But I'm unfortunately one of those people who are not. So uh, egg for me has to be on there. And what doesn't need to be on there is a wet squidgy tomato <laughs> oh yeah yeah of any any kind yeah that's mine yeah. uh tomato um but for me uh black pudding is the best yeah good sh- strong yeah. shot yeah and, and a hash brown uh cows what about you fish cake only when I'm in Uncle C. Only when I'm in Uncle C. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a podcast without a mention of a fish cake. Yeah, fish cake. Uh, no, I yeah. Um, uh, no, I'd probably have to go for a whisper gold. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, sausage, sausages, I think sausages are the best. Um, I, I don't I don't mind mushrooms, but I'd probably say mushrooms are the worst. Yeah, give or take. I, I, yeah, it wouldn't bother me if they're not there. But then yeah. if they're there, I'll still eat them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't beat a fry up, can you? No, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. I have been in Scotland this weekend. And I had haggis on my fry up, and that's a game changer. Big fan of wow. haggis. Big fan. Yeah, never tried it. Never oh, tried it yeah, I, I highly recommend. Uh, and to finish off, then uh, Podfather Alan March asks the question on everyone's lips: Do you believe in aliens, Megan? Uh. Uh, you know, just, yeah, because, like, how fun would it be to know that there's, like, a little Martian out there who's like, Mom, do you believe in, like, humans? And she's like, <laughs> don't be ridiculous, kiddo. Like, that's just so cool. So, yeah. And also, I like to think that one day we'll meet them and it'll be, like, E.T., but with better, like, you know, background and and, and cooler CGI and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kaus? Yeah, I, th- I think there's. I think it'd be arrogant to not believe in them, wouldn't it? But um, I think you know. I think the idea would be if they if they come down here, try and get them to referee. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, ties it all in. Rodri, you've already replied to him on Twitter. Yeah, there, there's definitely aliens. I I almost know for a fact. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. say how or why, but yeah. Can, can we just? So can we just? I'm sure there was a question from App David, which I, I was I was laughing my head off. Sorry, Did yeah. You see that? Yeah, go on, Kaus. Do you want to do you want to read uh, it out? I, I don't I don't know if I can see it. Can I? See was it? it was it? The... I've just I've just seen Agent Phillips calling him Arkloif as well on Twitter. So uh, oh, here was... we go. So, uh, do you think the off the offside trap? I was thinking this this is a serious question. This from uh, a rare one, and then it tails off towards the end. Do you think the offside trap has outlived its usefulness, and should we do away with it and introduce man traps? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, just just a straight yes from me on that. Yeah. One. Um, uh, uh, just a quick one. It's literally just come in as I'm speaking. Uh, what should Andy cook for tea tonight? A peach and chickpea curry? No. Nope. No? Oh, uh, no? A chicken cordon bleu? No. 
Or a toad no. in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is, uh, is 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 a toad in the hole? Is that a is that a recipe? It is a recipe. It's not actually a toad. Yeah. In a hole. In a hole. What is it? I don't actually know. Is it's it a sausage it? inside the Yorkshire pudding, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Uh, I, 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 so. I learn something yeah. new every day about this country. I, this is yeah, I, I really want to know. I really want to know what Megan thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> there were a variety of different things that were going through my mind. Some of them were cleaner than others. Yeah, that, anyway, imagine. so uh, it's a bit of a ramshackle pod. We've, we only had about an hour to record, so we've rushed through it tonight. Uh, so big thank you to Megan for coming on. Any closing statements from you, Megan? Uh, no, just, you know... Have a good day, everyone. And don't let rich English posh people accents get you upset hey. on Friday nights. Yep. Don't you mind it. You definitely won that one. <laughs> definitely won that one this week. Uh, Rod, anything from you? Closing statement? No, there's, there's only two Harry Wilsons. And, uh, keep, keep on trucking. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I have noticed as well you didn't give uh, Andrew Artie Davis a shout out because now I've, you can be arrested or something, I, I saw. Yeah, I've, I'm st- steering clear of these um, pylons I've been causing on him, apparently. <laughs> so uh, I've, I saw you can get jail time for that. So I'm uh, no longer personally targeting him. He can. Uh, he can fuck off into the <laughs> ether. I'll, I'll, I'll forget, forget about him now. Uh, and uh, Kaus, anything from you before we go? Um, yeah, it's a serious ending from me. Uh, just to reiterate, don't abuse referees or we'll have to get aliens to do it. <laughs> there you go. You learned something from this podcast. Uh, no Mooney, if you're listening, get the aliens in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else can be said? He can do the cloning, so I'm sure he can do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know what? I th- I think we're very very close to uh, someone setting up a no context alternative Wales account. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd love an account like that. So if yeah. anyone's out there fancies it, um, then yeah, absolutely. Ar- it's, it's got the Arcloid's <laughs> name all over it, isn't it? Um, again, if you've answered asked the question, uh, please answer, answer, ask it again next week because we might have more time to talk about it. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna pick a track to close us out with. Uh, I saw Papier Well the other day, um, and they were really, really good. And their new song "Clean uh, Llawenid" um, is fantastic. So go and check them out. Uh, that's gonna play us out. Uh, we've been Alternative Wales. Thank you for listening. Jochenvall. <laughs> Fouch your tomorrow.